0: Just a few weeks ago, um, Kathy and I did a little trip to Indiana, or Louisville, Kentucky, is the most common place that people recognize. And uh, we don't give much thought to mapping out trips anymore. We've got uh, GPS mapping software with up to the second reporting to assist us on our journeys. It was a fairly long road trip. with the state of airports right now, and with flights getting canceled left, right, and center, and then not always being certain about when you're going to get back home, at least uh, we knew that we would have a relative assurance of when we would leave and when we would return if we drove. So, 2,100 kilometers each way—that's a little more than we're used to getting up and doing in a few days. So we. Uh, we decided that we were going to take a car and go, and up until the day of leaving, we still had not settled on the direction of travel. We knew where we wanted to go, but right up until the hours before we left, we had not determined the route. And I'm sure that that's not nothing unusual for, for all of you, but the older I get, the more things begin to matter. Things like, what's the weather like on the route? There's many ways to take, which way has the least amount of traffic, which Way avoids road work, which way has cheaper accommodations, I'm sorry, that's just me, that's in my nature. Um, Ways to avoid tolls, ways that were quicker, ways that were cheaper, ways that were faster, ways that were slower, which way had the best weather, which way had the best scenery, which way to go. Kathy even borrowed the big old format Rand McNally maps from her dad. Anyone remember Rand McNally? Anyone? He, he helped you get where you were going. It's just like that map that you couldn't see anything beyond the map. It was just an, you folded it out, and uh, yeah, there in the car, you can't even see out the windshield. It's just that big. We were uh, <clears throat> we were taking a look at that, and you know, she she likes kind of mapping things out. I don't know if it goes back to her days of traveling with quizzing or not. I think probably that's where it all started. But having an idea about what cities we're going through, an idea about where we're heading. Sometimes it just doesn't all fit on that six-inch screen. You need to like, to like to look at the large format. And, and you know there's, there's all kinds of ways to take. As a matter of fact, the, you know, we still lean back on the applications. There's some new application. Of course, you got Google Maps. And then you got Apple Maps. And then you got the navigation that might may or may not be in your own vehicle. And then there's Waze. Anyone ever use Waze, the application called Waze, W-A-Z-E? Waze. Waze is a hybrid of map software and live traffic reporting and social media. It allows user input to create traffic passing shortcuts. And, you know, if you got Waze plugged into where you're going, sometimes it'll take you right through the middle of somebody's neighborhood. It kind of has these these built-in time savers and it will put you on any path to get where you want to go as long as it thinks it's creating a shortcut. But I found it interesting. I kind of done a little study on Waze. Waze displays maps and, and all those great things that we need, but it also has some other opportunities built in, like hazards that you can report a hazard. Somebody, uh, we, you know, on our travel on that trip, we saw one of those great big huge rolls of wire that had rolled off a truck and landed on the highway, and somebody's car, the front of their car was all... Uh, not the cabin of the car, but the front of the car. It was all damaged, and the people were out kind of assessing what was going on, but it was very clear what had happened. You know, that's, that's a hazard. You know, there's a six-foot roll of wire in the middle of the highway. Hazard. It's good. It's good to know a few hazards along the way. But uh, the problem with Waze is that there's too much input opportunity. Everybody wants to report everything on the highway. I really don't need to know about the small squirrel on the side of the highway. I don't know about you. I, I, don't, I don't need to know about somebody's hubcap that got lodged up on the, the median. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't need to know about that hazard. Yeah, tell me about the six-foot w- roll of wire. But I, I don't need to know about because here's what, here's what I learned, is that the problem with Waze is that the mobile screen can quickly become filled and make it difficult for users to find their route, especially when you have 2,100 kilometers built in. So you'd be learning about hazards that when you begin to look at it, it says traffic problem ahead. And then you begin to say, well, where's the traffic problem? I say, Get Kathy, get on Google and find out where that traffic problem is. And she says, it's not for another six hours. And if we just responded immediately to the traffic problem and took the side road, we we wouldn't need to. By the time we got six hours down the road, the traffic had dispersed and it was no longer a problem. And sometimes when you're wanting all the information about the journey in one moment, it can become a distraction. Sometimes if you, how many know that if you knew some of the roads that life would have taken you, you, you may have sought an alternate route, but God had a plan that he was going to build something in you or he's going to allow you to take the journey that he desired you to take. I'm just saying that sometimes we don't need all the information about what life is going to bring us in a moment's notice. We, we don't always need that. And sometimes when we do have an idea about what's happening in our lives, the, the mobile screen of our life can get so filled with information that we get distracted about where we're going. We become focused on what's happening in the moment of the journey instead of the destination where we're headed. Sometimes too many people with too much to say can cause you literally to lose your way. The one thing that so many people thought would be good for you to know just became a distraction along the journey. And sometimes the original intent is lost because of all of the voices offering alternate opinions and options on the road that God has called you to take. No wonder it does us all good to seek silence sometimes because voices will distract us. And when we quietly seek the face of God, his voice will clear the traffic in our lives. Some of the struggles that we face are because of all the options that We have, not even bad, but they become distracting. You know, when I think back to the trip that we we took, not one time did the criteria for the way that we wanted to take all of those things that I mentioned at first, weather, uh, cities, tolls, you know, not one time did I say, Kath, could you you, uh, do a little search on the old route to take? new new seems to capture our attention much quicker I, I i liked as a matter of fact somewhere along the journey i picked up one of those toll passes because tolls you can't just kind of pull over to the toll booth and throw in 50 cents anymore now they want uh to bill you by plate and i said i know that by the time the bill gets to me if they get a snapshot of my plate it's going to be inflated and so i don't need that and we stopped we got one of these easy passes. Things that sticks to the windshield, and you just kind of roll, keep on rolling, doesn't slow down, and and, uh, and you know, we just made our way. But not not one time did the criteria that I asked her was that can you give me the old route to take? the The new way was quicker. The new way had less distractions as a matter of fact there was a few times on on the trip that I was like man alive we haven't seen a gas station for 40 miles we haven't seen where about where is the gas station on this highway and and you're just kind of looking and and finally one comes into view we didn't run out of gas I know that's the part of the story you're all hoping happened but I didn't ask I didn't ask a single time for the old journey it would seem that God, with his very desired intention for us to go the way that he has called us to go, the one criteria that he has included for us that is critical to consider when choosing the way to take, God, God being aware of all the options and he's aware of all the opportunities and he's not concerned about the storms along the way, he knows that we'll make it through, we're going to the other side no matter what we face. He's determined if he's allowed. He's, he's not concerned about the easiest way. His criteria didn't include cheaper. On this journey that he's called us on between here and heaven, God has given us directives and directions that often aren't the simplest way or the popular way. The path is, however, he says, the good way. The good way. Jeremiah chapter 6, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask. He said, when you stand at life's crossroads and you're faced with all kinds of directions to take, when, when you're we're standing at life's crossroads and, and you're uncertain and you're, you're not sure, he said, he said, ask for the old paths wherein is the good way. There's all kinds of ways to take, but there is one good way. He said, and when you want to find the good way, he said, ask for the old paths. Wherein, where is the good way? And walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. You see, see, that's the conflict because we want a path that's best for ourselves. We want the path that's best for me, but God wants the path that's best for our souls, God wants the path that's best for eternity. God's, God, we're, we're concerned about us and we're concerned about how does this impact my today and how does this impact what my plans are for the rest of this long weekend and how does, how does this plan impact my, my future, you know, that I can see. But God says, you know what? I've got a plan for your life. I've got a path for you to walk on that's best for your soul. There's a big difference between ourselves and our souls. We look out for the best for ourselves. We we want to make sure that we present ourselves well. We want to make sure that we're comfortable. I appreciate the bed that I slept on last night. It's comfortable. I, I, I appreciate that. We, we look out for ourselves, but God's looking out for our souls. God has an eternal look while we have a, just a temporal look. God has an eternal vision when we're just kind of seeing the here and now. And God says, when you're determining which path to take, he said, it always isn't going to be the most beautiful path. As a matter of fact, if you were to take the input by everybody around you, you'd say, well, that's just a little too difficult for me. That's, that's got some storms on that path. I'm going to go another way. But God said, ask for the old path. There's a reason there's new highways. Because the old paths weren't convenient. The old paths cost something, and and as time goes on, I I can see it. I I remember elders preaching about it when I was a young person, but as time has gone on, I can see the paths that even we walk on begin to get clouded in, and they kind of get covered in, and the the overgrowth has kind of come over the top of the path, and sometimes we've just got to step back and say, we've got to examine where we are on the path right now. I, I'm grateful for new building. I'm grateful for new renovations. I'm, I'm grateful for new technology. I don't think we have to go there, but, but I, I, I'm looking for the direction to get to that heavenly eternal home. And I'm concerned sometimes that the path becomes one of convenience and it's not one that God has called us to. If there ever was a day when there are ways to go, it's in our day. The scripture implicitly reminds us of what to do when we get In places like that, look for the old paths. The the challenge to Israel should echo in our ears this morning. Remember the days of old, Deuteronomy 32 and 7. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee. We need conversations between generations. Oh, that. We, I, I'm thankful for, for social media, but let me tell you some of the best advice you're going to get, you won't find by that friend. You'll find by taking a moment and sitting down with some elders that have walked some difficult journeys, and it may take a little time to to coordinate that because they may not be on social media, they may not be able to FaceTime you at a moment's notice, but let me tell you that if you're walking some difficult roads, find someone that's got some gray hair and ask them about how did you make it this far, how did you get here? I I know that I've got lots of opportunities and ways that I could go, but I'm just going to ask about some old paths here for a few moments and take some time to talk to somebody that's had some, some senses of loss in their life, some people that have walked some difficult journeys because they can tell you it wasn't easy, but the path has got me to where I am today. That path has got me on this eternal journey with confidence that I know where I'm going. Sometimes you've got to step back from everything that's new and say, tell me about. I've been going through leadership books, and I've been going through books to learn about scripture, Bible books. I've been going through church growth books, and, but I've also been going through some books that were penned by our elders, and maybe they weren't picked up by the most prominent publishers, but their stories are powerful. I had a whole stack, and I, I just opted not to bring them down this morning, but there are Books that are penned that would do us good. Brother and Sister Buster just were here. The Repairer of the Breach. Brother Bill Dross, A Destiny Beyond Death. Sister Shalm's book, take some time and read that. Alan was away. She says, basically a story of my life. Alan was away. And she talks about how God and meet her, and how God kind of directed her, and how God organized events, and if she could have picked the path, she would have said, you know, that, 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 that old path's got some difficult journey attached to it. I'm going to take the new highway, but, but sometimes God says, you know what, go on the old path, because there's some strength that you're going to glean on the old path. You might have to climb a few mountains, but that's where I'm going to meet with you. You're going to find that in that difficult low place, in that deepest valley, that you're going to find God like you couldn't find him on a new path. Search for the old paths. It was Jude that wrote to the New Testament church. You know, Jude was your kind of preacher. On the floor at 11 or 1030 and out by 11. He got it all out in one chapter. I've written more than Jude has this morning. But he said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. That somewhere there was already something slipping in that New Testament church that he said, you know what, go back and earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the church. Don't let it slip. Go back to that old path and remind yourself and And I've just got a few more points to make this morning. But I wonder if someone would just consciously right now begin to ask God, God, help me to find the old path on this journey that I'm on right now. I I wonder if someone would just raise a hand for a moment and and begin to make that your prayer. And we're going somewhere this morning. I've I've felt a couple different directions in the Holy Ghost. And I think God's just kind of waiting to see how how somebody's going to respond. But I I just feel that just that sense of calling that's in the room right now, that God's got direction for someone that you're, you're not going to find anywhere but here today. Oh, let's pray together. I Come on, let's just lift our voices. As loud as we may have been during the song service, we can, we can invite God to meet with us in this moment right now. God, we need your voice. God, we need your direction today. We need your help. God, we don't want to do this alone. We don't want to do this on our, our own merits, our own abilities, our own talents. God, we're not trying to find our own way. Take us to that path today. Huh. Someone say it's a straight path. John one twenty three. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As said by the prophet Isaiah, John the Baptist was very clear in his instruction. Make straight the way of the Lord. Life has a way of making sure your path gets crooked. Sin has a way of getting you sideways. But John said, make straight. That the responsibility was ours to ensure that the way was made straight. Hebrews 12, 13, it says, and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, lest, but let it rather be healed. Your, your path makes a way for others to follow in. So that's why sometimes we've got to go back and say, okay, have, have we got off track? Have, have we decided we're going to take a different path, a new path that's convenient? God's saying, let's go back to the old path. Life on its own just causes us to meander. and We all become wanderers unless we're intentional about making the path straight. Someone say, make a straight path a straight path those paths aren't always easy because we've got to get some things in order in our lives but it was Jesus words in Matthew 7 where he said enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction the broad way the way remember stand in the way the broad way becomes the way where you get sideways and life becomes a meandering action you need a map that will bring you back to the old path. Verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. We need a straight path because we want life. It's a holy path. In Isaiah 35 and 8, he said, And in a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. It's a holy path. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. It's a holy path. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Why? Because it's a path that calls us to holiness, a highway of holiness. It's an old path. It may be an unpopular path. But God still calls us to a life of separation and dedication and sanctification. God still calls us to that. God, why? Because not, not because it's inconvenient, not because it's harder. Why? Because it's better. It's a life-filled path. It's a life where God helps us and ordains us and, and just kind of sets us on the right way to go. God, it's a path that, that allows others to come alongside, and, and that path opens the door for people to follow after it's a holy path. Number three, it's a clear path. It's not confusing. Believe me, we don't have to be confused. The, the instructions are so clear here. It's, it's not confusing. It doesn't have to be confusing. Paul said, Brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein I stand. He declared it, By which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless ye had believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and rose again the third day according to scripture. It was... Clear to Paul, Paul laid out the groundwork for the gospel, the gospel to be communicated and delivered. Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection mirrored something very emphatic in Acts 2. And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy, Holy Ghost. It's, it's a clear path. We don't have to be confused about salvation. It's an old path. It's the original path. It's where we started out on this journey. It's it's an old path, but sometimes we've got to step back and say, I I just gotta move back to that path. I don't want to get distracted along the way. Let's let's be it's a clear path. I, I don't have to be confused. It's understandable. We we get sidetracked sometimes, and I'm not here to condemn, and I'm not here. To ridicule, and I'm not here, but I am here to say, be thankful for the old path. And there's a reason why sometimes we step back and say, okay, wait, wait, wait. What was the old path? What was the old? Stand in the way and ask for the old path. Because when we ask for it, we get the direction to go the right way. It's a restored path. I can't tell you the hope that this verse gave me. For one, it's Pastor Woodward's life verse. It's a verse that he's penciled in his Bible since he was in grade 12. It's the verse that he felt and other pastors that have preached here, pastored here before, felt was very given to our church this body of believers, this group of individuals that gather weekly, that, that this verse means something to us because we feel like it's something that God has privileged us to be a part of and enabled us to become. Isaiah fifty-eight twelve it says, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places and thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. It would tell me that sometimes along the journey, the path gets destroyed. Somewhere along the, the journey, the path gets clouded. I, I remember, I, I, we can come back to the music, but I, I remember going back to my childhood neighborhood, and, and I remember the paths. I remember where the paths led. I remember the path that goes down to the, the brook, and I, I know the path. Between Netherwood and RCS, if I was there today, it may be all grown over, but I could walk the path because I I knew where I was going. I I was well acquainted with the old path. And even today, if I got there, I could make the journey, but I am certain that I'd have to do some clearing of the brush. I'd have to get some some stuff out of the walkway, and I I don't know if the old path is still there or not, but, but it would take some work of restoration. Can I... Can I just remind us today that God gives us verses like this because there are times when when life just clouds things in and we need to be intentional about restoring paths. The restore of paths to dwell in. The restore of paths. But we'll never get there to that path that needs restored if we don't say, hey, where, where was the old path? Because with every generation, there are things that just gets lost. It it gets lost in translation. It gets lost in life. It gets lost because because we just, we just, we've got to make our own way sometimes. Sometimes we're so busy trying to figure out how to address this current generation that we forget to say, wait a minute, how how did the elders do it? And we've got so much stuff that we've got to deal with and so many things that are coming our way and, and we want to be relevant and we want to be. We want to be able to communicate truth. We want to. We want our generation to understand that we we're wise to the, the path that they're on, and we understand what life is like for them. And we're we're not, we're not diminishing them. We 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 understand. We have this level of. It. We want to talk about it. We want to work our way through. We 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 got with fear and trembling. We want to help people get on the right path to eternity. But sometimes we got to go back and say, I. I I think the best way that we get there is to restore the old path, the restore of paths to dwell in. Because just, just look at that verse for me one more time, would you? I, I don't know if we got it on the main screen or the side screens. I'm looking that way, you're all looking this way. The, restu- the repair of the breach, the restore of paths to dwell in, you know, the restore of paths is what we've been talking about, but, but dwelling happens in those paths life happens in that path the path that's restored, the old path that we just had to say, ah, we got to get back to that that old location, brother Scott I remember you preaching this year talked about old things Some, sometimes new isn't better sometimes new isn't gooder it's just not, it's not, it's just it's new it's shiny Sometimes you just got to get back to the old path. So in closing this morning, the question is which path are you on? A convenient path, a comfortable path, a quick path? Without question, unless we earnestly contend for something that was lost, we'll miss the moment where God that's what Jude said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the calm selly. So earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Something's going to fight you for this faith, culture is going to contest you about this faith. Comfort is going to call you away from this old path called faith. But we have this hope and this promise that somewhere along this journey, there is going to be a restoration of paths to dwell in, that God is opening doors. And if God really, come on, just work with me for a minute, if God has really placed that verse as the mission statement for our church, if, if God has really placed that there for us, that, that God has this work of kind of, of building that bri- bridge in that breach, and God's repairing that and restoring that, but there's a path that God has called us to restore There's a path, this restoration, and that's where we get to live. Blessed is the man that walketh not on the counsel of the ungodly. God doesn't intend for us to walk an ungodly path. God wants us to walk this old path, this path called holiness. It's a call to commitment today. It's a contest for the faith that's being issued. Paul did it to Timothy. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first first in thy grandmother, someone say, old path, and thy mother, Eunice, someone say, old path. And I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Stir up. Stir up the gift Stir up the gift that was in your grandmother. She had it. She, she was diligent about ensuring that she was walking this path. So Timothy, be diligent because this path matters. The path that you're walking on matters today. I want God to do a new thing and, and that's where we're, we're headed. I, I, I want God to do something wonderful and I want God to do something new, but, but some of the old miracles would be new here. Some of the old revivals would be new to our generation. Some of the old prayer meetings that lasted into midnight hours would be new. That would be a new thing. God God is going to do a new thing. And who says that God can't do a new thing when we walk on this old path? It becomes new. It just kind of cycles into something powerful. And and when we begin to restore and renovate some of those parts of our life that God is calling us to, that God's going to open the door to this new revival, to new power, to new... I'm grateful for the baptisms that happened last Sunday. Thank God for that. We need that happening in every service. We need that happening in every, every time. We gather together and it will. I remember, come on, I remember reading editorial statements about revival. I read through about Azusa Street and, and all the editors' commentary and all the headlines in newspapers. We need that today, and it happens when we begin to walk in new paths, old paths. God will do new things out with the old and in with the old. That's what He preached. Young men, young women, what are you stirring up in your life? What's our focus? Paul said, I put thee in remembrance. He didn't say, find out what's trending. He said, go back to something old. I put you in remembrance remember now remember what it was like remember some of those prayer meetings that went longer than hour an hour or hours remember remember that do you remember because some of those old paths are going to take us to new places you can stand together with me this morning you say well pastor jack how do, how do i know my path is it old is it new is it is it the right path you know, I'd have to say, where's your path located? How, how close to the world do you walk? Because this path is a path, path of, of separation and God's calling us. He's calling us to reach into the world, but that doesn't mean that we walk as the world walks. Where's your path directed? Who's engineering your life direction? What have you got, what have you got input into the GPS of your life? And if you ask God to give you direction. There's Pastor Andy Stanley wrote a book called The Principle of the Path. The book is shaped around one very basic analogy. The path that you're on will determine your ultimate destination. In his book he elaborates on that very simple thought, but he includes these statements its direction Not intention that determines destination because the direction is going to get you to where you're going. And we can have the best of intentions at times, but we can quickly get sidetracked. But if you come back to the destination, heaven is my home. I need to know how to get there. I gotta, if I'm not certain, then I gotta stop and I gotta ask somebody, what's the path to heaven? How do I get there? What's that old path he's preaching about today? You don't just wind up in heaven. It's earnestly contending for the faith, it's fighting the good fight of faith, it's running the race, it's an intentional activity. You've got to pick the path, and God says, pick the old path. What we focus on is where we head. Our attention. What gets our attention determines our direction. So focus on eternity. Focus on that plan of salvation. Focus on making sure your life is clear and clean. That's why we call times of repentance. That's why we, in services, we say, let's, let's repent. Let's, let's ask God to wash us and cleanse us and direct us. Let's, let's let God know that we're turning around. We're turning away from sin and we're directing our life. We are repenting. We are turning toward God, we are restoring paths to dwell in. I, I, I just feel that nudge of conviction for a moment, and I know it's not for everybody. But I want to give somebody that opportunity. Would you just pause? We can keep playing. That's fine. That's great. But I wonder if we would just pause in this lesson. And I'll, I'll actually, I'll just shut it down. I'm i'm finished saying everything that i need to say but i wonder if someone would just begin to let god lead you i wonder if someone would just determine god i'm going back to an old path i'm i'm gonna determine right here and right now this morning in this place that that i'm not gonna walk my way god i'm gonna get let your directive become my life's goal lead me father God I repent this morning God of wrongdoing I repent God of things that I've done that I shouldn't have I repent of things that God I should have done but I didn't I, I, I stand in this room and, come on someone just make this a, a place of holy convocation for a moment someone just bring your life before the Lord and let him he doesn't he doesn't want to destroy you. he hasn't come to condemn you but he's come to bring restoration this morning God, restore, restore someone's path that they were certain. God, they couldn't be fixed, that life was too, too far gone. I pray, God, would you give someone that direction today? Would you begin that work of restoration in someone's heart? God, take impossibility and move it aside. God, open the door for them, open the door of opportunity, open the door, lead them and guide them, I pray. God, let someone, let their next step of baptism be determined in this moment that they're going to let their lives be washed clean. They're going to they're gonna go to the next step. They're going to the next level. God, I pray that you would lead someone in plan of salvation. I, I pray, God, that you would ordain that step today, that old path. God, we're calling for it to happen in someone's life today God I ask that you'd fill someone with your spirit God pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost I pray God like it happened God for our elders would you God would you work let a spirit of revival come amongst us God let that spirit of commitment come in this room this morning come on someone would you just pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute I wonder if you just begin to come to the altar this morning just collectively we don't need to kind of single anybody out but I wonder if we would just kind of come and make a place at this altar to to ensure come on I'm coming to ensure that the path is clear I'm coming to determine that I'm on the old path I don't want some new idea that that would distract me and get me out of the way I need to go to the old path We're gonna sing for a moment just to give you a chance to respond. I'm calling this morning, there's a call in the Holy Ghost from the front to the back.